0: Welcome to a life well lived. Grow, preserve, and transfer your wealth with Ken Olette, CPM Certified Portfolio Manager and founder of Orca Wealth Management. In this podcast, he will provide some clarity in setting goals needed to build, preserve, and transfer wealth, and overcome some of life's financial obstacles. Ken provides actionable steps to help you plan through your financial ups and downs in a way everyone can understand. Join us on this journey where Ken will explore many financial avenues, drawing from his three decades of experience in helping others avoid risking a lifetime's worth of work and savings by not having a plan and a strategy in place. Now, on to the show.
1: Hello, and welcome to Oracle Wealth Management's podcast. It's been, um, well, we took a little sabbatical over the summer, so I think this is podcast eleven, and uh, we're doing a little bit of a format change, which is pretty exciting. Uh, the topic today is going to be navigating key retirement milestones. I want to get that right out of the right out of the gate. But I also want to um, introduce a a new partner that I'm going to be using periodically on some of the podcasts. Uh, what I thought would be interesting is getting somebody that what well, would be what I would think would be a typical investor, somebody that's just about to retire or, or coming up on retirement has a lot of questions. Has been diligent in his retirement process. Uh, somebody that um, that is takes the investment process seriously, but just maybe has just enough knowledge to be dangerous. So he's going to have some great questions, and we're going to be able to interact. And I think that you, the listener, will really get um, will really get a little bit more out of this. So with that, I want to just introduce Don. Say hello. Hello. Yes. And so I've known Don, what, what, 40 some odd years.
2: It's scary,
1: but yes. Yeah. Yep. Long, long time. So um, I can tell you that uh, the great thing about Don and why I thought about Don was not only does he have a theatrical background and in, uh, in some of those deep crevices of his, of his past life, but <laughs> also um, he is, has a balance, basically a spreadsheet for everything he does. That's so, true. <laughs> so this will be interesting for the listener. But with, with that, Don, you want to, anything you want to interject just coming into this just for the, for the listener?
2: I'm just very excited to be here and I have a chance to talk to you, Ken.
1: All right. Well, let's get it going. So navigating the key retirement milestones. Um, That's probably something pretty important to most folks, I would think. Huh? What do you think? I would.
2: Oh, oh yeah i mean there's so many things that go on there's different steps you're always reading all these things like you're coming up on within the five years of retirement within two years you know it's like and you're building up all this pressure and you don't know and then it's like did i do everything right
1: right exactly yeah so what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of break this down into segments okay so we've got segment one which is age 50 um segment two which would be the 55. Uh, year range, and then segment three, 59 and a half, segment four, 62, and then 65, and then 66 to 67, 70, and then ending at 73. And 73 won't be when we think you're going to expire, but that's kind of when the last <laughs> major financial decisions are made in terms of investing. I mean, there's always the ongoing management, but these are kind of the milestones in investing that we kind of need to pay particular attention to and then plan for. Um, so there's a lot of steps there, Don. So what step are you on right now? You're uh, you're 50, 55. 55 years old. So you're going to be at step two, but we're going to start with step one, which I'm sure that you have taken ample advantage of. Um, step one is time to play catch up. And so why do we say that? Well, if you are age 50, um, you really should be playing catch up in terms of putting as much as you possibly can away. And so the government provides you some, some avenues to be able to do this. And one of them is you want to maximize your 401k or pension or or your or IRAs if you have that option. But when you turn 50, you can put away a little bit more money. And when I mean a little bit more money for the 401k, it's $22,500 is the max contribution you can make. Um, but the government allows you to do an extra 7,500 if you're over 50. So that's one of the freebies the government gives us. And, um, Don, you took advantage of the IRA process. And so I'm sure that, uh, that you also took advantage of using those catch-up contributions. Uh,
2: to some degree. Yes, I did. And it seems like, you know, if I started out way young, like they want you to start out from the get go from the gate. It's like really impossible to save money when you're not making that much money. So they got to give you those. So yes, I took advantage where I could and when I could, that's for sure. And still am.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I have these conversations with, um, with young kids and, and particularly some of my, my clients have have young employees and they'll, they'll do a simple IRA plan for them. And I try to, I try to really get the point across that you can put away money from 20 to age 40 and then not put away money from 40 to age 60. And it would be more important because of the time value of money uh, just to get them to do early. But like you alluded mm-hmm. to, it's kind of tough when you're 22, 23 years old, particularly mm-hmm. in this day and age with inflation, to be able to put 10% of your money away in a retirement plan. i um,
2: entirely. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, so we sympathize there. But if you can, if you have the resources to be able to do so for you younger folks, it certainly makes sense to start as early as possible.
2: Oh, it's less painful in the end. When you got all everything's working out early for you, the compounding interest, and then when you have to try to make up that, yeah, oh. yeah
1: it's not, the, it, can, it can be painful, no doubt about it. So, let's talk about your sweet spot right now, uh, age 55, and the rule of 55. And so, this, um, it has no real meaning for you, I don't believe, because you're gainfully employed, Don. But if you are considering leaving the workforce at 55 and you have a retirement plan with your company, a 401k or essentially something of that nature, uh, and you leave post 55 years old, you can take those withdrawals penalty free. Were you aware of that, Don?
2: Uh, no, I was not.
1: <laughs> you, <laughs> might, you, you might quit your job Monday. Thank you for the opportunity, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there are some intended, and you know, there are everything that there's a that that's given is taken away, obviously. So, <laughs> you know, this this can have some some tax implicate implications, obviously, because you're going to have all that income that comes out of there is going to be taxed in income, and also, you know, that may create a problem on the back end of your retirement planning too. So, you know, if you if you can wait and delay and add add a little bit more to the pie. Uh, the rule of 55 won't be important, but for those that that are having difficulty finding a job after 55, this is an avenue for you to be able to bridge towards the next segment, which is segment three, 59 and a half. Don, any ideas what happens at 59 and a half?
2: Uh, that is when you can legally start taking out money without paying taxes or, you know, uh, without the, the uh, uh, the uh, was it like 10%? You get a fine or something like that, yeah, right?
1: The penalty. Yeah, uh, arrest penalty. Yes. <laughs> so, but
2: I, yeah. I, we're waiting for that one.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Now you can always legally take out of your your four hundred and one k, your IRAs, things of that nature. But, but. nine and a half uh a half, it is when you can do it penalty free. So that means basically you can withdraw, and you're only going to be taxed on the gains and the income that's withdrawn from those accounts. So that's when the majority of people. You know, the retirement age used to be uh, considered 60, 62. Mm-hmm. Uh, now people are retiring a little later, uh, but you, at that, at that point you can start to withdraw. And so once again, you want to overview the tax complications of that before you just say, Oh boy, and penalty free, let's take it all out. So, yeah. And just like the rule of uh, age 55, there are some tax implica- implications that could go on the back end of this. So you want to be aware of that. Okay. So
2: the idea of taking it, not what is that penalty, like 10% or something like that? Yeah, it's 10% it's, on the withdrawals. Yep. Oh, that's that's painful. Pain. I mean, that's like you worked hard to get that money in there and then all of a sudden you're just giving an additional. I mean, everyone knows we're going to pay taxes, but to pay that as well.
1: Yeah. I know. You know, I kind of have mixed feelings about it, right? Because if they made it so there was no penalty, people would not be at, <laughs> yeah. uh, as willing to keep that money in the account until retirement, which is what it's earmarked for, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so so I kind of have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, you got to pay the it's onerous. You got to pay it. Um, in our but, situations, you can get around it,
2: but. but still, it's like I mean, if no one would save any money if they right. didn't have any. it'd be like a big savings account and just keep drawing from it and you know moving things back and forth.
1: It'd be that piggy bank with uh with, with the bottom with, the, with you used to put the cork in the bottom or it'd be empty. There'd be just money coming out the back end of it. So that yeah, exactly. Well, that's kind
2: of life right now, but uh. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah for sure. All right. And then at age 62, what's the magic thing at 62, Don? That's the first retirement.
2: Yes, for, means- uh, Not retirement, but um, um, with your Social Security.
1: Social Security is when you can take your Social Security benefits uh, at that time. Now, I will tell you that um, the majority, the vast majority of my clients do not take their benefits at 62 just simply because... Well, you get reduced benefits, right? You're not mm-hmm. at that. What's mm-hmm. called the FRA or full retirement age that the Social Security deems uh, that you should be at. Do you have any idea what the full retirement age is, Don?
2: 72. No. But was it, it? I thought it was varied by age. Yeah. No, no, when no. You're, you're born or something like that. But 72,
1: isn't it? It's 66 to 67, according to the IRS. But we're going to get to that point. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 70, 72 was what used to be the mandatory distributions, which is one of the points we're going to get to. Um, but full retirement age as the social security administration deems it is between 66 and 67. And that, and that is what we feel is the kind of the sweet spot. We'll get to that in a second because something happens at 65. That's even, that's even maybe more important than the full retirement. Where do you, what do you think that is?
2: Oh man, I don't know. I'm so lost. I thought it was still at 72. Now I'm feeling really dumb.
1: <laughs> oh, that's What's what 65?
2: What's 65? 65? <laughs> hit me.
1: Uh, well, that is when you are eligible for Medicare. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just saw a recent study. If you can believe this, the average cost of healthcare in the US in 2011 was, I believe it said $10,000 per family. You know what it is in 2023?
2: Uh, I, go, 24? 20,
1: 22,000 per family. $22,000 people are having to spend. And so people will really look forward to 65 when that 22,000 goes figuratively back to, you know, hopefully four or you know, mm-hmm. uh, with, mm-hmm. with good benefits. You know, I can tell you now for my family, we pay $24,000 a year for the health insurance. We have, uh, four, three in our family now, three kids at home, uh, my wife and me. And then we have a $10,000 deductible. So, regardless of what happens when I go to the doctor, I'm paying because it doesn't meet my deductible. And yeah. then I'm paying on top the $22,000, $24,000 a year. So, 65 um, will be a happy day for me. Number one, because I've made it to 65, right? I'm still alive. Yeah, well, yeah, every day. Plus. <laughs> number, number two, I get a huge pay raise because of the fact that I don't have to pay all those medical costs. So, Mm -hmm. So that's the big thing at 65. And as we know, um, there's parts to Medicare, there's ABCD, and we have done a great podcast. I had an expert on that. Um, And I digress a little bit. But if you get an opportunity, and Don, have you listened to the, the one we had on Medicare?
2: Yeah, that guy was
1: good. He is really good. And I had no idea that it was so important to look over your Medicare benefits every year because they, what will they will do is they will change the benefits yearly as kind of a loophole gotcha in terms of covering medications and things of that nature. So if you take anything away from this, listen to that podcast It's 25 minutes long. And I think it's, um, it's really worth listening to. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: All right. Number 60, uh, number segment six was, we went over at 66, 67 full retirement age. And basically that is when the um when you can maximize what well, we we do these planners all the time and you can call and go online with the social security administration and and kind of get an idea of what your ben- well you can get a an in stone be- idea of what your benefits will be at 66 67 we found that it's 66.7 for most people i mean 60 right in between the 66 and 67 that maximizes based off of the actuary tables what they will be able to receive and they'll get the most bang for their buck. In other words, um, in terms of, of social security. Now at segment seven covers maximizing social security benefits. So your, your idea was maximizing social security benefits. I think when you said 72, Don.
2: Yeah. just, I mean, it's delayed retirement kind of thing when you, right. but you just got to make it that long.
1: Right now that's why. So maximizing. So, right. If you are um, if you're in great health, uh, husband, spouse, good, good health, and um, you have other sources of income. It may make sense to delay taking Social Security as long as possible, because you are yeah. going to be ta- most of my folks are taxed eighty-five percent of their Social Security is taxed because of their income levels. Um, so it might make sense to delay Social Security at that point. Now that you know, I've looked at the math on this, and and because of high inflation, a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow, right? Inflation. Yeah. inflation. You know, so we're, I used to talk about inflation all the time. Nobody'd listen. I'd get a yawn, you know, and, uh, but now, yeah. now people yeah. are yawning. They're, they're very attuned to that. So sometimes it may make sense. And you'll have to talk with your particular financial advisor on this, but I've had some conversations with clients that, you know, maybe taking the benefits when you could wait to 70, take them at 66, 67, mm-hmm. because you can buy goods today that will be cheaper than three years down the road. So you have to do the math, you know, everything's to math according to it. So.
2: And also uh, when it comes out, when, if you have a partner, I mean, when, you know, my wife can take it before me, I could take it first, you know, whoever the breadwinner is and yep. you have two social securities.
1: Right. right. And, and depending on the incomes of both, uh, if one, so sometimes if one has a lesser income, considerably lesser than the, than the other, other partner, you can, um, they would u- utilize your half of your social security and then go on their own or there's, there's all kinds of different scenarios and it's more complicated than just opting in um, and doing whatever you think mm-hmm. your neighbor's doing. So, yeah, that's, um, I think we did a podcast on social security, but if not, we're going to, but, um, but those are, yeah, those are great, great questions. There's a lot to consider there.
2: Yeah. And the online with the calculators with the ssa.gov site, they they can, you can do a lot of stuff on that.
1: You can. You can. There's a lot of resources out there. Okay. And so then at 73, uh, which is segment eight, you've got your required minimum distributions. And um, those are important because they're required.
2: (laughs) Wasn't it just so the government makes sure they get their money before you you pass away?
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. yes, I mean, that's... that's So what do you think? So we talked about the penalty uh, when you're 59 and a half, and you're not yeah. nine and a half, you're let's say you're 50. You don't. You're still working. You take out money at 58. You get a 10% penalty, right? That sounds. Yeah. That sounds atrocious, doesn't it? Are we talking? Oh, about? That? I have no idea what this one's going to be, but I mean what that's what so far think?
2: in the future that I'm like I haven't even thought of it.
1: What do you think if you're 73? You have all you. You're just. You think that the government is wasteful in their spending, and I just do not want to withdraw my money at 73. I'm going to keep it in the account because I don't want to pay taxes on it. What do you think the penalty is? 25. 50 percent. No kidding. Yeah, if I had one of those echo machines here, 50 50. (laughs) percent. No kidding. Seriously? Yes, they will will penalize you 50 percent of what the distribution should have been. then is
2: is it certain, which, which ones is it like your 401ks? Yeah. It's just, I mean, is it certain accounts or, I mean, it's all
1: money that uh, you put in pre-tax,
2: pre-tax stuff,
1: non Roth assets. They, they, you need to start withdrawing from those assets at 73. Holy cow. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to get 50%. So
2: can you start pulling it out, but you can put it back into a Roth again, another one.
1: Yeah, you I need to do just, it well. Roth, you need to have earned income, so you got to have be working, all right? You oh. do a conversion; that's for for another purpose. But they're gonna get. You still have to pay the tax on it, the withdrawal.
2: Yeah, they're gonna want that no matter they're what. They're gonna want
1: that. So we, you know, we we do, we we do, we start in August of running the reports to make sure everybody has taken out their money because we, you know, in in thirty years of doing this, I've never missed uh, uh, withdraw. And, uh, so no one's ever been penalized, but I've, I have heard horror stories of oh. people being penalized and they're, you know, and, and frankly, for those that don't want to pay the tax on their, um, on their, with, on their withdrawals, there are simple ways around it. The, the government does give you, for those that are charitable, um, that, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps, um, like for instance, I've got clients that, uh, that will tie that their church, their local church. Mm-hmm. So I tell them instead of, you know, putting the, the money in the basket, you can just do it one time a year with your with your retirement distribution, and that will come out completely tax free to the charity, so they don't have to pay on it. So they're they're still going to give the money obviously every week or wherever mm-hmm. go to service, um, but this way they can do it on a tax free basis. Nice, as long yeah. as it's a, a qualified uh, institution, you know that uh, that is a recognized charitable organization by the IRS, which most most churches are.
2: Yeah, the Church of Dawn on the weekend doesn't work out too well.
1: Yeah, no, they don't. They they, they frown upon that. Frown yeah, up. yeah, yeah. So that kind of recaps all the milestones of navigating the key retirement um, issues that that some retirees will face. I mean, as I said, there's, you know, this doesn't go into any of the complexities of managing the money, the ups and downs of which I hope that we'll have some further podcasts that we can kind of talk about that. Um, but for now, Donna, what 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 kind of questions is used? Someone is 55, only only kind of, you know, four years away from reaching, you know, a lot of these milestones. What what, what kind of apprehensions do you have, uh, things that, that, are, that are causing you to maybe stay up a little bit at night?
2: Well, the idea being at 59 and a half, I'd like to, you know, have my spouse retire. That mm-hmm. would be the benefit. And then so just running the numbers, trying to figure out insurance is so big, as you pointed out. That's yep. a scary one. And, you know, and still having a house payment, it's not necessarily bad. It's not a huge one, but you know what I mean? It's it, those are, I mean, should I pay off the house and try to get that done first? Questions like that. Just trying to get everything in a line before, you know, her she turning 59 in a couple of years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, uh, you got more spreadsheets to do.
2: I, I do. I do. <laughs> and I actually, I do have a spreadsheet for all of those scenarios. So oh, far. I know you do. I know you yeah. do. Yeah. And I get to share them with you now and then. And you always say, really?
1: <laughs> well, well, I want to thank um, Don. And like I said, Don is going to be joining us on some other topics because uh, because like I said, it, it's it's fun to interact with somebody that is going through this process um, and and it's easier than me just sitting up here just telling you about these issues and and being able to actually engage with somebody that is right in the middle of the fight. So Don, I appreciate you coming on.
2: Thank you. It's always fun.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, the listener. And um, and as I as I always wrap up, I want you to know that uh, we do have a library of all these podcasts. Um, if you can, you know, save them. Um, subscribe to our channel because uh, we're gonna try to do a couple a month, and then also uh Please remember to all this information is, uh, you know, opinion-based only. And so you really should consult with your financial tax professional, um, your, your estate planning attorney, when we talk about those things, because case by case, this is general information, but, uh, everybody needs somebody to look at their individual situation and, and, uh, and to make sure that they're, they're going on the right path and doing the right thing. So I thank you again and, um, look forward to talking with you again. Yep. Thank you, Ken. You're welcome. Huh? See you guys all later.
0: Thank you for listening to A Life Well-Lived. Grow, preserve, and transfer your wealth with Kinolet CPM. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Orca Wealth Management LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Orca Wealth Management LLC does not provide legal or tax advice. Clients should seek the advice of a qualified attorney or accountant as necessary.